everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Also, we invite you to visit our website. A message at Christ.net and SylviaStaplesMinistries.com. Please send us your emails at message of Christ Church and message of Christ, amen, at yahoo.com. Praise God. And we're just excited, amen, when you correspond with us by way of mail. And the mailing address is message of Christ Church, Post Office Box 390762, and at Chicago, Illinois, 60639. Amen. And we welcome all correspondents. Amen. Praise God. Also, if you would like to contact our ministry by way of phone, amen, you can call us at uh, 773-609-2071. Once again, our ministry line number is 773-609-2071. Amen. Praise God. On that line, you can leave, you can text us on that line. You can leave messages on that line. You can leave your prayer requests. Amen. We won't return the call, but we are definitely touching and agreeing with you concerning your prayer request. Amen. Praise God. So we're excited, amen, about what God is going to say to us on on today. Amen. Praise God. May God. Hallelujah. And we just give God the glory and honor and praises for that. Amen. Praise God. After the word, I just ask that you stay tuned because we have a very important, some very important announcements to make at the end of this conference. Amen. Praise this conference call. Amen. Praise God. So, amen. I am your host, Evangelist Betty Howard. Amen. But to God be the glory. Amen. Praise God. And so at this time, we're just going to go ahead on and go into a word of prayer. Amen. Praise God. And we're going to give God glory. Amen. We're going to usher in the truth and the living God on this line. Amen. At this time. Most gracious Father, we glorify and we magnify you always. Always giving you the honor. Always giving you the praises for the great and the mighty things that you're doing in our lives, God. God, we come before you, God, as an empty vessel. Amen. Waiting for you to fill us up, God. Hallelujah. With your word on today. God, we thank you right now, God, that as we come hungering and thirsting after your word, you said the same shall be filled. So we are coming, God. Hallelujah. My God, to hear what the Spirit is saying to us on today. Hallelujah. So that we can be doers of your word, God. Not just here with only God, but we will be, hallelujah, activating, hallelujah, my God. Your word will be activated in our hearts, God, in our minds, God, hallelujah, so that you can use us for your use, God, and we can be vessels vessels to be used by the master, amen, on today. So, God, we thank you, God, hallelujah, that as you look up on us today, God, you look up on us with favor, God. You look up on us, God, saying, well, please, God. You're being pleased with our service, God. You're being pleased, God, hallelujah, with our obedience, God. You're being pleased, God, 
with the things that we are saying yes to your will and yes to your way, God. So, God, we thanking and praising you right now, God. Hallelujah, saying have your way, have your way, have your way, God, in all things great and small in our lives, God. Take complete control, God. Hallelujah. Let your word, God, find root in our hearts on today, God. Hallelujah, my God, my God, so that we will not sin against you, God. Hallelujah, my God, but it will be on good soil, God. That manifestation will come forth, God. Hallelujah, my God, my God, that your habitation, God, will be with us, will rest, rule, and abide with us on today. And we'll forever give you the glory, God. We'll forever give you the honor, and we'll always give you the praise for the great and mighty things. Now, God, open up our ears that we will hear, God. Hallelujah, what your spirit is saying to us in this hour, in this time, God. Open up our hearts, God, so that we'll be able to receive it, God. And then, God, touch our minds, God. Hallelujah, my God. Transform us, God, by the renewing of our minds, God. And we'll be ever so careful to give you the glory, honor, and all praises for the great and mighty things that you're doing in our life and all these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. We pray, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you once again. Amen. Praise God. And we're going to go into uh, our words. Amen. Praise God. We'll be bringing the word of God. Amen. On tonight, on this morning. Amen. We will be bringing the word of God. Amen. And we're going to go into part two of grace and mercy. Amen. We're going to go into part two of grace and mercy. And so on today, amen, praise God, as we, amen, get into the word of God, we're going to be coming from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, amen, and we're going to be uh, reading from the 7th to the 10th verse, amen, praise God, and we're going to allow God to have his way, amen, and, uh, and speak to us, amen, through his word, amen, empower us and encourage us on today through his word, amen. Praise God. So, amen. I'm going to be reading different translations, amen, of the word of God, but amen is all saying the same thing, amen. So, we're going to start. I just want to give you a little information, amen, about, amen, the book of Corinthians, amen, that we're going to be reading from, amen, and we know that the the author of this book, this is a letter that was written to the Corinthians, amen, by the Apostle Paul, amen, praise God, and Paul is the one that wrote this letter. Amen. And during this time that, uh, Paul, before I get into that, I just want to let you know, amen, that Corinth, amen, was a wealthy, one of the most wealthiest cities, amen, during that time. It was one of the most wealthiest cities. It was very prosperous, amen. But even in its prosperity, amen, there was a lot of wickedness that was going on, amen, in this city, amen. A lot of immorality was going on. Amen, in this city, amen. This was a city that was called a melting pot, amen. And, the other, and in today's time, amen, New York, amen, is considered as a melting pot, you know, because you have all different types of people that, you know, migrating to one place, amen. And so at this time, amen, this place is known as a melting pot, amen. And when Paul arrived, amen, in Corinth, Amen, praise God. It was merchants there. It was sellers there. There was, you know, they was anxious to work because the work was plenty there, you know, so they were migrating, amen, to this place. But even in this, and they were migrating from Rome, from Greece, from Egypt, from Asia Minor, Asia Minor, 
Amen. Praise God. And all these people were coming and said for rent because rent is the rent at this time, like I said, you know, known as a wealthy place. Amen. So they all were coming there because they were, you know, looking for work. And they and another thing that reason why they were flocking there because they knew that it was a lack of standards there. And so Corinth was a place of, of, of just a wild place, you know, no control, amen. So much was going on there. They were the idol worshipers, amen. There was prostitution going on there. There was gambling going on there. You know, it was a, a city of freedom, you know, a thought and free to do whatever it is that you desire to do. And so it was a lot of corrupt things that was going on, amen, in Corinth. Amen. At this time when Paul arrives here, amen, and Corinth, amen. And so the prostitution that was going on, it was with the males and the females, amen, and it was abundant because of the worship, you know, the temple, amen, that was there. It was the temple of Aphrodite, amen, and the temple of Aphrodite, man, this was a god, you know, that a goddess, you know, that they, you know, worshiped. Amen. And this goddess was a goddess, it was a sex goddess, you know. And so because of this worship of this goddess, you know, sex was rapid and in abundance, you know, here. And so these people was uh, worshiping this idol, amen, this idol, Aphrodite, amen, praise God. And, and so because of that, like I just was stated, you know, that was a spirit that was lurking in that city, in that region you know, that were covering over that region at that time. And then there, it was a temple, you know, it was a pagan temple that they had that this goddess was in, and they would go to this temple, and this temple, they, they, they worshiped this goddess in this temple, you know, and uh, the temple, the, the, the pagan temple, you know, it had a thousand what they call religious prostitutes there. You know, it was a thousand prostitutes that dwelled in this temple every day, every day. This is where the prostitutes were. And so this is where the people could go and, you know, and they thought that this, they was white and they were self-righteous, you know. They thought that it was okay. You know, this was a norm, you know, for them, you know. And so because of that, you know, this city was poisoned, the culture you know, it was poisoned. The city was poisoned by the culture, you know, here, you know, and by the morals of the city. And so Paul had a hard time, you know, when he went into this place. You know, he went into this place knowing, you know, when he went into this city, he went into this city knowing the immorality that was there, you know. And so he knew that he had to preach hard there, you know, because these people had lived there all their lives. You know, this, these people was in this place, and they had been in this place all their life. This is all they knew. This is what they were taught. This is what they were brought up, you know, thinking that this it was okay. Incest was a norm, you know, in Corinth, you know. And so Paul, when he went in there, you know, he had to go in. Follow ground, all of that, you know, immorality that was going there, all the idol worship that was going on in this place. And so I just wanted to give you that little background, you know, about what was going on, you know, in Corinth at the time that Paul came there, you know. And so as we go into our word, amen, I just want to give you, you know, just want to talk about the grace and the mercy, you know, that God had on Corinth, you know, on the Corinthians, you know. And so Paul was concerned, and, and I'm just going to go up a little bit in our scripture, uh, in our chapter, amen. And so Paul was saying that in the in the second verse uh, of, of 
12th chapter, amen, I'm, I, I don't know if I said it, but I'll say it again, the second chapter of Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, amen, and I'm just going to talk a little bit on this of the upper verses, and then we'll go ahead on and begin from the seventh verse, but in the second verse, amen, Paul was saying that he had had an experience, he had had a revelation, you know, he said he had a revelation 14 years ago. And the revelation that he had, he said, I wasn't sure if it was in the body or out of the body, you know, but he knew that he had had a revelation from God, that he had, you know, he knew God. He had an experience with God, you know. And so because of this experience that he had with God, he said it would be, you know, that he could boast, you know, he could boast about this experience. But he said, I won't boast, you know. He said, and so I just wanted to, you know, just give you that right there so that you'll understand when we're talking, amen, praise God, about, you know, the the, the going and and God's grace that was upon Paul. And he said, I can boast, you know, he said, but it would be, hallelujah, my God. He said, for me to boast, he said, I don't want people to look up on me. You know, I don't want the people my boasting. Yes, I could easily do it because I do have a right to do it, but I don't want my boasting to be something that people is going to look at. I want people to not look at, you know, the, 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 the revelation. I mean, I don't want people to, you know, look at my outer appearance, you know, and my boasting and that. He said, but I want people to look at my lifestyle. I want people to be able to hear. He said, I'll just read the sixth chapter. He said, although I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And so another translation says that, for if I wanted to vote, I would not be a fool, because I would be telling the truth. But I will spare you, so that no one can credit me with anything, with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. And so, in other words, I don't want to boast in, you know, what I can boast in and what I'm boasting in would be truthful, but I don't want you to get caught up in that. That's not what I want you to get caught up. I want you to be caught up in the instructions and the things that God is giving me to say to you right now. You know, he was saying that, you know, even, you know, in the, I think it was in the 11th chapter, and then he was saying that, you know, I may not be, you know, very fluent in speaking, he said, but I'm very knowledgeable in the word of God. Amen. And so Paul wanted their focus and their attention to be on the word of God, you know, and the things that God was giving him to say to them. So he didn't want them to get off track. You know, he didn't want them to lose their focus on the things that God wanted them to know about. So now we come down to the seventh verse. Amen. I'll begin reading at the seventh verse. And it says, unless I should, he said, because, and see, this is all talking about the thorn that was in his side, you know, and, and, and God's grace that was upon him. And he says, the seventh verse says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was that there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Amen. And so in this verse, Paul is also saying, especially, I'll read another translation that says, and so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, 
a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. So in other words, I said, I don't want to be conceited. And so if this is what I have to, you know, if this is what I have to go through to keep myself humble, and a lot of times, you know, we go through a lot of things and we be like, oh, God, you know, take it away. You know, I don't want to go through this test or I don't want to go through this trial that I'm going through, God. You know, let this up, you know, as, as you know, many cultures, you know, as what Jesus said, you know, and he let this cup pass for me. But here Paul is saying, you know, because I know why this song is in my flesh. You know, it's in my flesh to keep me humble, you know, because he said, uh, I'll get to that part. He said, because me being humble, this thorn that's in my flesh, and the thorn that he that was in his flesh, it was a, a physical condition, you know. So this thorn that Paul is talking about, uh, here is a physical condition that he had in his body, you know, and he had this physical condition condition in his body, and it doesn't say what the physical condition was, but we know that it was chronic because in the eighth verse he said three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me, and so this was not something that was that was good. This was not something that he enjoyed, you know, but he knew that this thorn was 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 kind of like paralyzing him. It was keeping him from, you know, doing the things that he really wanted to do. It was a, a debilitating uh, disease, that uh, a condition that he had. It was debilitating. And so he couldn't get about it. He couldn't do it, move around like he wanted to. But he said in the ninth verse, Amen. When he said, I, 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 I pleaded three times, three times for God to remove this condition from me. And a lot of times we, be, we have conditions that, that come up on us, you know, whether it be in our bodies, in our circumstances, you know, and we want to just, you know, God, hurry up and get me out. But God knows the reason, you know, for the affliction, you know. He knows the reason for the afflictions. And so because he said many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, but I will deliver you out of them all, you know. And so, but we have to go through these afflictions to keep us humble, to keep us, you know, in tune with God, and to keep us, you know, connected with God. And so we have to go through some things, amen. And that's what Paul is saying, you know. He know that it wasn't a good affliction. It wasn't good, you know. It didn't feel good. But in the ninth verse, this is what makes you know that he understood this affliction. Amen. And I'll read it from the King James Version, and then I'll read it from, you know, other other translations as well. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so we can't suffer with God. We can't reign with him. And so this is what Paul was saying. He said, he said, and, and he said unto me, my grace. When God told him, when the spirit of God told him that my grace is sufficient, you're going to be able to bear this. My grace is sufficient for you. You're able. And so he says that, amen. And the one translation is there, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient, but the, for power is perfected in weakness. Power. And so Paul was saying, I'd rather have the power of God, you know, working in my life, you know, and the power is perfecting me. I'm being perfected in my tests and my trials. Therefore, I must gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. And so we got to boast, you know, hey, God is able. You know, God is able. You know, his grace is sufficient. His grace and his mercy 
It's sufficient for me. That's what Paul was saying. It's sufficient. I, hey, it's enough for me. Because I got the grace, and because I have the grace of God upon my life, then I will glory in my, I will gladly, you know, boast in my, and gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of God may rest upon me. You know, and so we have to go through our tests and trials, amen, knowing that God is in control, knowing that we are being perfected, amen, we're in on the potter's wheel, amen, praise God, God is doing great and mighty things in our life, amen, and so if you look over in Galatians, we won't turn there, but Galatians uh, 4 and 13 and 14 was saying it was an infirmity in his flesh, and it said it was a temptation, it was a temptation in his flesh, and so in, in other words, his trials. You know, he was going through testing and trials, amen, but God's grace and his mercy, amen, praise God. He said, my grace is sufficient, amen, for thee, amen, praise God. And so the 10th verse, amen, praise God, is saying, for therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insult, with, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. And so when we're able, when we get to that place in our in our walk with God, Amen, that we can we can deal with all the reproaches and you know the infirmities that come upon us, Amen, the insults, Amen, the persecutions, all the difficulties, the calamities, you know, whatever we're going through, Amen, when we can go through it. And knowing that God is in control of it, Amen. The Word of God says all things is working together for our good because we love the Lord and we are to call according to His purpose, Amen. And so we got to know that the things that we're going through in life, God has a purpose and He has a plan in it. And know that God's grace and mercy, Amen. The grace and the mercy of God, Amen, is is the qualities of God. Uh, character. This is his character. This is the quality that he's showing us. His compassion. Amen. His mercy. Amen. He's showing us mercy. That's his compassion. Amen. Accepting. Amen. Which he shows himself compassionate. You know, in his grace and his mercy, he's showing himself compassionate towards us. Amen. Praise God. Because of the, the, and he's accepting. Amen. And, oh my God. And he's generous. Amen, to the sinful nature that we have. You know, we're being shielded from his wrath. Amen. He's not giving us what we deserve. And so that's his grace and his mercy that he has on us. Amen. If he gave all of us what we deserve, we wouldn't be in a bad place. You know, we would be in bad shape. You know, if God was to give us, amen, what we deserve. But because of his compassionate nature that he has, amen, he's shielding us from his wrath. Amen. Praise God. And he's bestowing upon us his righteousness so that we can live and grow in faith and obedience. He's given us the time, amen, to get it right, amen. And during this time, amen, he's having compassion on us, amen, praise God. And so grace and mercy is particularly expressed through God's covenant. This is a covenant that God has with us, with his chosen people, amen, through Jesus Christ, through the atoning death on the cross, amen, through Jesus going to the cross, Amen. His grace and his mercy. Amen. Praise God. It expresses his covenant because God has made a covenant with us. And so he's not quick to give us what we deserve. Amen. He's not already, you know, always ready to say, okay, you know, I'm going to punish you for this. But his grace, his compassion, his mercy that he has on us, and it's because of that, amen, that we are allowed that time, amen, to 
praise God, to come back and repent, you know, repent for the things that we have done. And so grace and mercy is always something that we have, we have not earned. Grace and mercy is unearned. It's unearned and it's unmerited. Amen. And so because we can't earn this grace and mercy, because this is something that God is bestowing upon us, then we should be grateful. Amen. And we should take that opportunity every time we find ourselves in a fallen state or in a place that we shouldn't be in. We should thank God for his grace and his mercy. We should thank God for the compassion that he has on us because he's not giving us what we deserve. Amen. Praise God. It's that unmerited favor, amen, that he has given us. Amen. God's grace and his mercy is a source of blessing. Amen. When we're walking in the grace and the mercy of God, we're walking in blessings. Amen. God is bestowing them. He's looking beyond all of our faults. Amen. And he's yet meeting our needs. Amen. He's yet meeting our needs. And see, our salvation came through grace and mercy. Our salvation came through grace and mercy. Amen. And so that's why we have to be so grateful, amen, for the things that God is doing in our lives, amen, that he's allowing us the opportunity, the time, and the chances, amen, to get it right. Amen. And so I'll give you a couple of illustrations of the grace and mercy of God. God showed Noah grace, amen, praise God. He saved him by saving him and his family, you know, and the animals. From the flood, that was God's grace and mercy upon them, amen, because he was in a time where, you know, the people were just so wicked and, and they were just rebellious people, you know, and God was just displeased with what he had created. He was like, man, the people had turned away from him, you know, and so God was upset, but he showed grace and mercy through Noah on that ark. You know, he gave Noah the ability to build this ark, amen. He gave the people chance after chance. Noah kept telling them, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Repent. You know, but the people had a deaf ear to that. That was God's grace and mercy that was upon them, that they kept rejecting. Amen. They kept rejecting it, you know, and then even after the flood, you know, God established a covenant with, with, with us. Amen, with, with Noah. And he said, I won't destroy this earth again with water. But he said, it'll be fire next time. And God has given us that same grace and mercy right now. He's bestowing grace and mercy upon us. He's given us that opportunity, amen, to come into the fold and to repent and turn from our wicked ways. Amen. He said, my people that are called out my name will humble themselves, hallelujah, and seek my face, amen, and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then he'll hear from heaven, and he'll heal the land. Amen. Another uh, uh, illustration that I can give, amen, of God's grace and his mercy, amen, was with uh, Jonah and with the people of Nineveh. You know, God was giving them time, amen. Praise God. God sent Jonah to Nineveh to give them the opportunity to turn from their wicked ways. Amen. And because, amen, he even had mercy on Jonah because Jonah was rebellious and he didn't want to do it, you know, but God had given him an assignment. And how many times has God given up assignments, amen, that we don't want to do? You know, we want to do it our way instead of God's way. But God is saying it's obedience that he's looking for. That's what caused the grace and the mercy of God to come into our life. And we're obedient, amen, to the men and the women of God that God has put over us, amen. When we're obedient, he said, obedience, 
Amen. Bring blessings into our lives. Amen. And so we have to be obedient in order to experience this. And even in, in the day with Jonah and Nineveh, amen, because of their, their following their repentance, you know, the people of Nineveh, amen, received grace and mercy. They, God gave them grace and mercy because they repented. Amen. And that's what grace and mercy is all about. Have a repentant heart. Have a, a, a spirit of obedience. You know, being obedient to the will of God and the ways of God and the things of God so that God can have true reign in our life, surrendering our will to his will. Amen. And when we surrender our will to God's will, then that's when the blessings will flow on our life. That's when we can get it right. That's when we'll go to higher heights and deeper depths, you know, in the word of God, in the will of God. That's when we'll find ourselves in that perfect will of God. Amen. Praise God when we surrender our will to God, amen, and we recognize that his grace and his mercy is upon us, amen, and we appreciate it. We don't take it for granted, amen, but we appreciate God having his grace and his mercy in our lives, amen, amen, praise God. So that's the word from the Lord on today, amen. I pray that you hide it in your heart, amen. I'm going to seal this word with a prayer, Amen. God, we thank you for your word on today. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you for your multitude of loving kindness that you show to us, God. We thank you for your compassionate, your compassionate characteristics, God, that you show to us all the time. God, we thank you that you don't give us what we deserve, God, but we thank you for your unmerited favor, God, that you're showing on us each and every day, your renewed grace, your renewed mercy that you show us on a daily basis, God. We thank you for that, God. We appreciate it, God, and we give you the glory and the honor for it on today, and all these blessings, and we thank you, and the gratitude that we have We give to you on today, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Well, God bless you. God bless each and every one of you that joined us here on our mega prayer hour, amen, uh, uh, time, amen. We thank you, amen, praise God, and we give God the glory and honor for it all, amen, and we invite you to come back, amen, and the announcement that we have, amen, is on June the 17th. Amen. June the 17th, amen, we'll be at the Prayer Garden Ministry located 6120 North Harlem. Amen. This is our Victoria's Women Conference, amen, our third week, a conference, women conference that we'll be in, amen, and we have some powerful speakers that is going to come, amen, and minister to us, amen, and we're ministering on the fatherless daughters, amen, praise God, and we have some women that's going to speak about being fatherless, and then we're going to have people that's going to be speaking about having a father, amen, so you don't want to miss it, amen, we ask you to just bring your your daughters, your, your granddaughters, your goddaughters, your nieces, amen, praise God, every woman that you can gather together, amen, praise God, and come on out into the house of the Lord, amen, and hear what the Spirit is going to be uh, ministering to us on that day. Once again, the date is June the 17th, and we'll be there from 1 o'clock, amen, we'll be there at 1 o'clock, amen, so join us, and that address once again is 6120 North Harlem, and we'll be at the Prayer Garden Ministry under the leadership, amen, uh, Pastor Seaton, amen, Pastor Seaton. You may not see this name, but if you get to that address, 
Amen. You know that you're in the right place. Amen. She has opened up our doors for the message of Christ Church to come in and minister. Amen. And bless the people of God. Amen. So we thank you. We thank you so much. Mark your calendar. Amen. Forward. Amen. You will continue to hear this announcement. Amen. Until the day. Amen. Of the conference. Amen. So God bless and keep you as always. My prayer. Amen. I have been your your host. Amen. Evangelist Betty Howard. But to God be the glory for it. Remember, join us again tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock a.m. for another powerful word and time in the word for God of God. Amen. Be empowered. Be blessed. Amen. By the word. Amen. So we thank you. God bless you. And this ends. Amen. Our mega prayer time. Amen. God bless you. And goodbye. Your conference recording has stopped.